We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel and I'm frankly kind of nervous about recording today because uh, I'm joined by Meg Brotman and we're talking about vegan wine and Meg is very famously not a vegan. That's very true. I'm not a vegan (laughs) but I do admire their fortitude and brilliance in turning um, somewhat uninteresting ingredients sometimes into interesting ingredients i am trying though because they are they're the noble they're on the noble path to saving the planet and i'm not although that said i we do you know raise and kill our own beasts so so from a sustainability point we're a little bit better okay i still buy a lot of meat that i don't grow as well (laughs) you almost you almost (laughs) had half a half an ounce of like respect there and you're like no but I might too. Anyway, but that's fine because you still know a lot about vegan wine, so we can still definitely give vegans and non-vegans alike. It's an interesting topic, a bit of a look into what is the go with vegan wine and why it isn't vegan in the first place. But before we jump into it, uh, what have you been drinking this week? So this week I had, and it was an amazing wine, and I had to look it up because I forgot the name. It's Pyren or Pyren Vineyard Earthscape Cabernet Franc. It's from the Pyrenees. I don't Mm. really know who produces it. It's $35. The label is stunning. The wine is amazing. Really? Cabernet Franc, I'm suspecting quite a lot of carbonic maceration, so really, really fruity, just fresh and lovely tannin structure. And Famously, my husband's not a fan of those styles, but he gobbled it back. He thought it was really, really delicious. And if people aren't familiar with Cab Franc, what would you say about it? So Cab Franc, in good hands, produces um, very fruit-forward, fruity violets, red berry, blackberry fruit. Mm. Sometimes tomato stem is a character that they – talk about that I don't particularly like um, and early drinking reds in Australia if you're talking about Cabernet Franc from the Loire the yeah. big bruisey wines but this was just stunning $35 cool. cool great absolutely stunning good one then and have you got a fun fact for us my fun fact this week is something that I've known for a long time and I just remembered it this morning was during prohibition in the US um, there was obviously a lot of vineyard area planted and mm. they were going to go go bust mm. so what they used to do is they used to bottle up the grape juice and put a warning label on it saying this may ferment to wine <gasps> So that's how they got around Prohibition. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I remember, I, I don't know what jogged my memory about it, but I just thought that is fabulous. Okay, that's very good. Okay, so to get into the topic of this week, vegan wine, um, and the reason we're actually doing this topic is because we've had quite a few questions about vegan wine mm. and it felt like there was too many to just put at the end of episodes. So we're doing a whole thing on it and I think we need it because vegans in particular as well really care about food sourcing and food production and what's going into their bodies. So let's actually unpack what the deal is here and and get us all on the same page so we understand. So firstly, Meg, what about wine makes it not vegan in the first place? So fundamentally what makes a wine vegan is that it has had no animal protein in contact with it. And you're probably all thinking, what? 
that animal protein a little bit like Cameron Diaz? I just can't believe it's true. What are they doing? So historically, we well, then today we fine our wine, which means fining is the removal of unwanted components in our wine. So if we taste a red wine and we think it's a little bit bitter or astringent, now astringent means drying tannin, we will we can use certain proteins to bind to the tannin because that's what tannins do. They bind proteins. They combine together. They're heavy. They fall out and then they're out of the wine. You've taken the horribleness out. Traditionally, we've used animal proteins. And I was thinking about this last night when I was driving home. I suspect we have used animal proteins in the past because we were making wine on farms. Oh, yeah. So we use egg albumin. Egg white. Yeah. They have in the past used horse blood and I hate to tell you that that only in my lifetime, winemaking lifetime, has been banned. Horrific. They use gelatin. We use gelatin, which traditionally was from horses' hooves. So when they went off to the glue factory, they (laughs) took their hooves and made gelatin. But now we take it from pigs' hooves. Um, And... We use another thing called icing glass, which is protein from a fish bladder of a sturgeon fish. I don't know how we ever discovered that that worked. <laughs> but basically they're protein agents from um, an animal source. Okay. So if we use those, the wine can't be vegan. And to be clear, they go in, they pick up things in the wine that are, that we don't want or whatever, and then they are deposited at the end. So they don't actually remain in the wine. No, they don't. But because of allergen and as an abundance of caution, which Mm. is a term that we hear a lot of these days, we have to put allergy labelling on the label. So that's why you may see may contain fish products or may contain traces of egg product or may contain traces of milk. Interestingly, gelatin, which we don't really use, we certainly don't use here at Rob Dolan Wines and a lot of people in the wine industry are moving away from it because it's quite harsh, okay. um, is used a lot in the beer industry. But because it's not uh, an allergen, it doesn't, it doesn't have, have to, to be listed. listed. So all that beer, and this is where I get a little bit upset and passionate, all that beer that's <laughs> out there that people are happily drinking yeah. unknowingly yes. may have gelatin. I'm not saying everyone adds gelatin, but okay. certainly large volume so beer. So that's not necessarily vegan. No. Right. No. Okay. Um, so wines that are vegan, oh, are we just skipping that final process or is there an alternative product which is doing the same thing? So in the last, I'd say, five to seven years, there's been a lot of work done on this as we've become more and more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two products. One's a pea protein that does basically the same job and the other one is a potato protein that sort of does the same job as well. So we've been experimenting, I'm just speaking we as in Rob Dolan at the moment, Yeah, experimenting and our aim is to transition everything to vegan Yeah, um, because obviously it's easier, it's cheaper f- for us, it's easier for us, we can, we've got a broader market, um, it's better for the planet mm. so it's more sustainable and if you're moving towards sustainable sustainability, which is what we are, yeah. and as an industry we are, yeah. um, not just as a company, then it's 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 a no-brainer. So it's it's better for the planet. It's going to appeal to vegans and our you know other consumers alike. 
Is it going to cost us any more money to use them? Not really because the amounts that we use it in are minuscule. We're talking about parts per million. And with the pea protein, which I have more experience with, um, while it is – more expensive, you're still using really low low doses. Okay. So with egg white, for example, traditionally we would use two egg whites per barrel of 225 litres. Do you literally mean cracking an egg mm-hmm. and letting the whites just sit? That is wild. So I don't know if you have ever had um, this cake called cannelle from oh, yes, Santa yes, Million. Yes, 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 yes. That is made with 100% egg yolk. Because they needed something to do with the egg yolks and they developed those in Saint-Emilion. There's a fun fact for you. That is such a great fact. I had no yes. idea that makes so much sense because they make so much wine there. And this, those cakes are so rich <gasps> yes. and, I mean, you don't really taste the egg. Oh, I but, love those cakes. Yeah, so the cannel, um, So, but during vintage certainly um, and when I've worked in wineries in the past we eat a lot of triple yolk omelettes, um, we'll make a lot of carbonara. Um, I, I've tried freezing them and I certainly, you know, get my husband because he's a huge, he's organic, so he has to use organic eggs and I just think all those organic yolks going away, so I make him freeze them. Um, but he always just brings them home in baggies and I say, oh, how many yolks are in there? He's going, oh, I don't know. So it's hard to yeah. sort of judge, but uh, yeah. you've got to use them pretty quickly. Oh, Wow. So it is nose to tail. Yeah. You know, and the same with, if you think about it, the, the pig's hooves and the, 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 the um, horse blood that they used to use. Gross. Yeah, it is gross. Um, okay, so when it comes down to the wine itself, the longevity of product, the, the taste of the product, the entire quality, is it going to change if we're using this vegan product? Yes. So if you did a try, if you do trials between egg and pea, they do do different things, but the pea is so similar to the. I'm talking specifically about egg here. This pea is so similar to the egg that I would quite happily, yeah, never use egg again. Awesome. I would just get my dose right, and we always do trials. So we'll get the glass and we'll add, you know. 50 parts per million, 60 yeah. parts per million, and we go through and we taste to try because we know what we're trying to achieve. Yes. Um, in the case of milk protein, so casein, when you see that, it's that's used to remove browning in white wines specifically. Oh. Now, we don't really – our winemaking is good enough that we don't need yeah. to do that. And okay. S- Icing glass is good at if there's something slightly bitter in your white wine. Again, yeah. if you get your wine making right, yeah, keep your pressing separate so you have your free run with no bitterness in it. And yeah, so you kind of you do have to change a little bit what you're doing, but these are a very good substitute along okay. with different wine making practices. And I guess uh, Rob Dillon as well. We're we're kind of going on this journey at the moment, as you said, of um of making our products vegan friendly and just starting to look at the environmental impacts and also just this consumer base that's asking for it. Um, and we had a sparkling that was uh, it said on the back vegan for a couple of years and it's developed a bit of a following and then the year after (laughs) it didn't have it anymore and we had a lot of questions and I personally would really like to understand why and and how this happens. I went back and actually had a look at um, how much wine that had been fined with animal protein had had in it 
Yeah. And it was less than 0.1%. Wow. But what happens in wineries is if we need to, we always have to have full tanks to store our wine so they don't get oxidised. Yeah. So we will often use a bit of last year's wine that's sitting in tank to top Mm. a wine. So we're talking maybe 0.5% of the wine is from last year's wine. And that's just standard winemaking practice across the year. Yeah. Across the world, sorry. Yeah. But because we have traceability so that we uh, we have to report um, what we've done, when you put it into our computer system, it automatically flags that there has been egg white or casein or whatever it was the case um, used in this product and so that always follows through for the longevity of the wine even though it was less than 0.1% of the wine that we use and that would have had parts per million. Did you, sorry, wait. So you're saying 99.9% of the wine that was in that uh, tank was new vintage and it was vegan, all vegan. vegan. It had been fine using pea protein, but it needed to just be chopped up. So 0.1% was from a couple of years ago, like an older vintage of Chardonnay. Yep. And that is why we had to label it. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I, that's really good for context. Like, well, yeah, it's just, um, it's, but it's a good flag for us because we don't think about that. No. Yeah. So it's, it's, oh, no. it's really interesting. <laughs> Mel was furious, but we were I'm just like, going. well, the tank had to be full. Oh my God. I was like, I'm getting so many complaints. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so now we know. Yes. To go back yeah. and to choose wine. Yeah. That hasn't been, um, that hasn't been fine with any animal protein. So we can continue to say, that the wine is suitable for vegans. And I think it's almost a, it's a nice like ethical consideration that vegans, because there's different levels of vegans. I'm sure there's vegans who would never want to touch it, but there's some that might be like, okay, well, this winery is like going forward and has the best intentions. There's 0.1% in there, but there's not going to be any additional stuff used. So we're going in the right direction and be yeah. okay with that. Yeah. So I think it's really good that we all just kind of understand what the process is and, and how it is being used in the industry. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not We're not out to harm anyone. Um, yeah. And it's, it's actually a testimony to the traceability of the industry that yeah. they're so tough on that. True. That we know exactly. True. I mean, you know, I've had well, – it's called LIP, Label Integrity Programs. I've had this LIP declarations come to me where they're three pages long with wines going down to 0.0002% because <laughs> they have to tell you everything yeah. that's gone in there. And it's good on the Australian wine industry for demanding yeah, that. It's that's a awesome. pain in the bum for winemakers, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. So we know exactly what is in our wine. Okay, so we've been talking pretty, um, not very, but relatively specifically to what we do. And you can probably apply that to most wineries in yep. nice regions that are selling wine for, you know, 30, 40 bucks or whatever. What about, Meg, um, mass produced stuff that is selling for less than $10, goon sacks, all that sort of thing? Are they going to likely be vegan or can we assume that not? Look, I think ultimately they will move towards it, but I think it'll be slow because a lot of these fining agents um, save money in that it, time is money. Yes. So we add egg protein to get the wine ready to market quicker. Yeah. Um, and we add 
casein during fermentation so that we don't have to do it afterwards. Now, mm. these pea proteins and potato proteins are better used after fermentation than during. So mm. we're adding another step and that's money when you're talking about a wine that you're trying to bring in to the market at 1099. Um, I think ultimately, yes, we, we will see it, but it will be a long Long road, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, I think that really nicely, I definitely understands it a lot more now. If anyone out there has any follow-up questions, please send them through um, on Instagram, Where Wine with Megan and Mel. But, um, Meg, I wanted to finish off. It's not actually a question this week, but somebody sent me a picture and literally just wanted your opinion. So it is – I've just handed oh. it over to you. Can you just read out what it says? Okay, so it's a bus stop ad saying chances are your $30 bottle contains just $8 of wine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's fix that. I, I can see the company. Um, hmm. well, I thought you might have had that fun. Okay. So let me just say that, yes, chances are that your $30 bottle of wine did just cost $8. Not a problem. That winery that made it is invested in tanks, refrigeration, paying growers, paying for marketing, branding, um, bottling, corking, or f- putting a caption on it. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So, eight dollars for the liquid, yeah. fine. Probably another two to three dollars for the packaging, and then add another two dollars minimum for your sales and marketing costs. And that's not even before you've got logistics, getting it to market, yeah. and everything. These companies that uh, cut out the middleman, so they get you to talk directly to the winemaker, they are taking a fair chunk of change out of what you're paying for that wine as well. And the thing that gets me, and I won't name names, is that I know that the margins that they're paying the winemakers on these wines is very, very low. In fact, I've had winemakers say you can't, survive off it. So these are the these are the companies that you find online basically. It's all direct. It's all direct and it's online and uh, yeah, without naming names just they, think they about They connect like, you to the winemaker. So and it, you it's you buy directly from the winemaker. You're wine basically maker. buying wine real cheap and but it's not it's cheaper, but their own yeah. labels, their yeah. labels developed for the 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 comp- company yeah, website. Okay. Um and what what I found in in some degrees is it's quite opportunistic. Winemakers are desperate to sell through this yeah. this method, so it's good for the industry because they're buying from maybe not great known known regions. But I object to, and I don't just don't misunderstand me. I don't think that these companies are wrong in what they're doing, even if the margins are low. But to somehow suggest that what we are doing. is wrong that's what i object to can't we all just exist in harmony side by side little john lennon you know just don't don't use negative marketing to make yourself look positive when you're not exactly 100% kosher yourself yeah yeah that's the thing like if we dug deep on that yeah we could do a little bit of an expose so fine yeah um it's they have another one you know the the five things that you must know about wine and they're all basically canning us as an industry of what of yeah. the, the, the normal model that has existed and I just find that wrong. It's, it's the same thing as when we talked about clean wine. Yes. Don't get ahead by 
denigrating us. Yeah, absolutely. Do it on your own, Steve. And I think um, in the <laughs> like we've looked at it, that's ethically they're not necessarily like helping or being that good to the people who are actually making it. But from a consumer perspective, these wines aren't just because you're buying, you're paying a bit less for a wine. It's not going to be up to the same standard. Like say Meryl, uh, Meg, what is an oak barrel worth? Well, an oak barrel's worth about 2000 Australian dollars minimum. Right. And so for other cheaper wines, surely they're using shortcuts. Yeah, to, they're using to oak alternatives, so they're using chips or staves yeah. or whatever. To, to Look, to meet that price point, the wine – I know how much it costs to make a litre of wine, of premium wine, from a yes. premium vineyard. Yes. To meet that price point, you're not getting the premium vineyards. Yep. But that's, that's okay. Yeah. As long as the – you're getting – if it's a seventeen dollar bottle of wine, and that's what you're paying through yeah. one of these companies, don't pretend to me that that's actually a forty dollar bottle of wine that no, you're drinking. Exactly, and that's kind of what they're saying. Yes. So it is a seventeen dollar bottle of wine because that person has. Got, I know how much it makes to make yes. wine, so they have to bring it in at a certain cost, yeah. and it ain't involving the best French oak barrels. Trust me. Yeah, from the so best vineyards. I guess um, to the person who sent this in, it's not. The, the the model or what they're doing that's annoying us. I guess it's just the marketing and trying to act like what everyone else is doing is wrong. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, hats off. I applaud these companies because they have saved personally a few fr- of my friends from going broke because they okay. do invest in them. Yeah. Um, they've all had to find other routes to market because it hasn't been sustainable. But hats off. They have they have saved them. But don't. Be nasty to the rest of the industry. Yeah. Be proud of Just what you be do. Nasty. <laughs> yeah, be proud of what you do. But let's all exist. Yeah, in the same world and support each other as an industry. And that's one of the things I really detest about. What are they not upsetters? What are they disruptors oh, of the industry? Yeah. They yes. don't respect. Yeah, the hard work. Yes. And the the decades that we've put in yes. to get those people to enjoy wine yeah. and then to just and come in come and go, in oh, no, they're doing a crap job yeah. and charging you $40 for a bottle of wine when we can charge you 17 oh, And yeah. pretending yeah. that you're getting somehow better quality better, wine, yeah. you're, just, you're just not. Yeah. Because no one can afford to do that. The yeah. only people that can afford to do that are these companies. Yeah. In the wine industry, it's not the winemakers who – ever yeah. come out on top and are the winners. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like that wraps that up pretty succinctly. Uh, you fired Meg up. I had to turn her microphone down when she started talking about that. Um, but, I mean, mm. I think that was a really good one. As an alternative to a question, someone just sending something interesting that they'd seen that they wanted our opinion on. So definitely, yeah. if you see stuff like that, send it through. Um, we love looking at stuff like it and talking it through. Um, as we mentioned last week, we have a competition going. Oh, gosh, I've seen it. Yes, yes. So you get to taste wine with Meg. And it's going to be really cool and chill. It's not going to be like her standing up the front, like a big presentation. She's going to like. We can make it however you want it to yeah, be. Yeah, like have a nice table. We can have wine and cheese. We'll both be sitting down. Meg will be talking lovely things about wine. I'll be talking shit. We're What's the worst, best part of the competition, though? Yeah, we're going to savor. Yes, There's going to be a surrage. Right. Everybody gets. Well turn up their own bottle. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. 
And then do they have to drink it? <gasps> oh, look, they don't have to, but the option's there. Okay. We'll package it, it package it up somehow. Maybe we'll do your, your foil yeah. thing. Yeah. Now, it's going to be really cool, though. So all you have to do is head to our Instagram, Wine with Megan Mel. You'll see a link there. Or you can go to our um, the Rob Dullum Wines website. There's also a post up there. And literally all you need to do to enter is tell us what your favourite episode has been. That easy. Great. Good. Well, we look forward to having you out here. And next week we're talking about Cabernet, so we'll see you then. Drink well. Bye. <laughs>